Good morning. It's time to rise and shine. My name is Haley Jacob, and I'm your host for the Rise and Shine podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Rise and Shine podcast. Y'all, it's been it's been a long week for me. I don't know if anybody else felt that way, but like this last week just felt really extra long. And I don't know if it's because here in Oklahoma, we had some snow and ice over the week and it's been super, super cold. I think there were only one or two days where the high for the day, like the weather, the high of the temperature was above freezing. I think there were only one or two days. And because of the ice and the snow, schools were canceled for like most of the week. I worked from home. I think I think Monday was the only day I worked from home. But then like when I went back in, it was just super slow. I don't know. It just felt like I lived two weeks in one. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. But when I stay home or like when, you know, you're kind of stuck inside, it just feels like the days move by much, much, much slower. Um, But I'm glad to be here with you guys and rise and shine for this next week. Yay! Super excited. New week. So today's episode is actually kind of, it's kind of a three-parter. So this would be part one of a three-part, I'm loosely calling it a series because it's not really, I mean, they're all going to be, all these episodes are kind of going to be related to each other. But I'm super excited because we haven't had anything like this on the podcast yet. They've been kind of standalone episodes so far. And these can be standalone episodes. Like they're going to make sense if you like miss this week and then you hop in next week. It's still going to make sense. But they're kind of all related to each other. So we'll be doing a short little series. I'm just going to call for now like the Gyra series. We'll see if I end up changing that. But I'll probably keep it. So grab your coffee, find your comfiest chair, and let's rise and shine. So I said that this series was going to be loosely called the Gyra series. So let's kind of talk about what that means. The name Jehovah Gyra means God the Provider. It's one of the Old Testament names of God that help us know God's character a little bit better. So there's several names that we have for God, um, and each name is a description of who God is. So for example, another one would be Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord that heals. So there's, there's lots of different names that are descriptive of who God is. And so Jehovah Jireh is God, the provider. He is our provider. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today is God's provision and just the idea of God being enough. Like he's all we need in life. That's all we need is God's love and Jesus's salvation. If you haven't heard uh, Maverick City's song Jireh, go listen to it because it gives a really good rundown. The lyrics give a really good rundown explanation of what it means for God to be enough and to provide in your life. It's really good. It's also really good musically. It's just a good song. 
But I started thinking about this topic partly because we're coming out of the holiday season where we're bombarded with things to buy, with sales, with Christmas shopping, and overall just consumerism. So for me, when I go shopping, I'm like, you know, just looking around. I'm like, ooh, I'd like to have that too, or I'd like to have that, even though I'm buying for other people. And then January, for me personally, has a ton of birthdays for my family. So I'm still shopping around for gifts, still kind of just browsing the internet or going through the mall. And again, let's be honest, who isn't also shopping for themselves a little bit when we're shopping for gifts for other people? It's been a season of rest and breaks. So I often use that time to kind of surf the internet for clothes or things to buy. I'm also really into skincare and that kind of gets me because I start looking like for new cleansers or whatever, even though I still have cleansers at home. I don't need a new cleanser. It's just like, oh, I'd like to try that. I like to try, I like to try things, right? And so we live in a time where the pressure to buy things and spend money is literally constant. There are ads everywhere we look, and it's not just on TV or billboards anymore. It's right at our fingertips. We have a walking billboard sitting in our pockets 24-7 because we've got ads in, in videos. We've got ads on podcasts even. We've got ads on our music streaming services. There are ads everywhere we look. We are constantly consuming ads. It's so easy to fall into the lie of feeling like you always need the new phone or the trendiest clothes because That's what you're constantly being told. That's what you're constantly being shown is you need this new, I don't know if I can say certain types of brands of phone. You need this new phone. You need these new clothes. For me, it's you need this new skincare, right? We're constantly being told that. And so, of course, our brains are going to eventually like, oh, yeah, I do need that. Yes, I need that. And then you end up buying it and then it sits on the shelf or whatever. Or for me, I buy the new cleanser and it makes me beet red or whatever. And then you end up not using it. There's nothing necessarily wrong with shopping or wanting to buy new things. I personally love shopping. Uh, For me, it's kind of a way to spend time with people I love if I go out shopping. When I was in middle school and high school, my grandma and I would go shopping And that would be like our activity that we do together. We would spend all day together. And even if we didn't buy anything, that was our quality time together was shopping because we both love clothes. We both love fashion. And so that's how we liked to spend or still do. That's how we like to spend time together. So there's nothing wrong with buying things. That's a world we live in. We We have to buy things, but we have to look at our hearts when we are buying things. We have to be on guard about this global consumerism rampage that is so dead set on taking over our lives. It can actually be addicting. I think I've heard about studies that show that people, when you're like online shopping and you add stuff to your cart, 
I think there's studies that show that people get a dopamine or endorphin spike or something like that when you add something to your cart. It's not even like buying it. It's just the simple act of adding it to your cart and seeing that you have something in your cart like gives you that spike. So it it literally is messing with our brains. It's it's addicting. I know I find myself buying things because I'm bored at home or it can be a form of making yourself feel better. If you've ever heard the term retail therapy, oh, I'm super sad. This happened today. Oh, let's just go on a shopping spree, make you feel better, right? Or if you're kind of anxious, if you're kind of the person that gets anxious and you have to be doing something, going to the store and walking around and looking is something to be doing, right? It, it can be a form of kind of making yourself feel better. And the ads and sales tactics, I li- y'all, I literally just dropped my mic. Okay. It just fell. How did that? Okay. Sorry. Um, but the ads and the sales tactic tactics that these companies are using are literally designed to be addicting. They're designed to catch your attention. They're designed to make your brain and like rewire your brain into thinking, I have to have this. Like I need this in my life or my life won't be complete. I need this new technology or I won't be able to fit in with my friends or talk to my friends because they'll all have this phone, but I have this phone. Their text messages are blue, but I'm the one green text message. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Okay. But we don't need those things. Really. We don't need any of those things that we are being pressured and convinced and almost brainwashed into thinking that we absolutely have to have. None of those things are necessary in life. There is nothing in this world that we will absolutely die without. And if you're thinking, well, Haley, what about food and water? Like, well, yeah, we won't live without food or water. Okay, yes, but I'll kind of get more into that soon. But food and water won't save your soul. Jesus is the only thing that can save your life. He's the only person, the only thing in this world that can save your life. Because Jesus brings eternal life. Jesus brings that never-ending flow of water, that never-ending river, the water that you drink and you thirst no more. So God is all we need. God is enough, period. End of sentence. End of every other thought after that. God is enough, the end. God himself is literally all you need in life because he is God, the provider. He is Jehovah Jireh. So if he, if God is in your life, if you are serving God, if Jesus is your savior, he will provide everything you need in your life. I mentioned the song Jireh a bit ago, and there are two main verses that its lyrics are pulled from. And the first one that we're going to talk about is Philippians chapter four. Just letting you guys know ahead of time, 
There's going to be a lot of scripture reading today, so stay with me through it, or you can even grab your Bible and read along. If you are not driving, if you're driving, do not grab your Bible and read along, please. Okay, so this is Philippians chapter 4. I'm starting in verse 10, and I'm going to go on all the way to verse 20. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek that, but I seek the fruit that increases your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus. Oh, okay. Epaphroditus. 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 That's it, guys. I wasn't expecting that. Sorry, y'all. The gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So here Paul, it's Paul writing this, is talking to the Philippians, and he's telling them, he's basically thanking them for the gifts that they have sent him for providing for him because no other church that he's been to thus far has partnered with him, has given him anything for coming. Basically, that's kind of what he's saying. And he's saying like, not that you had to do it and not that I'm like asking you to do it, but thank you because through the Philippians, God is providing for Paul and God and Paul trusts God He's not sitting there asking every other church to provide for him. He didn't even necessarily ask the Philippians to provide for them. He's thanking them. He said, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He was okay, like, without it. I mean, he knew that he... He knew that God was going to take care of him somehow. He was content. He wasn't sitting there begging them, hey, will you pay me for my services? Hey, will you give me some food? Because through the Philippians, God provided Paul whatever he needed. Philippians 4, 19, that's the one I want to focus on. Paul says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ. God will provide whatever your need is. He knows what your need is. Right before that, um, in verse 11, he says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So Paul says that I have learned how to be content in in any circumstance. And the secret 
to being content in any circumstance is trusting in God. That's the secret to it, is full-heartedly, faithfully trusting that no matter what, God will provide. No matter what number is reflecting your bank account, no matter how much food you have in the fridge, no matter how many clothes you have in your closet, no matter what your need is, the secret to being content is not going off and buying everything that you see on TV, is not going on a $1,000 shopping spree to make you feel better. The secret to being content in every circumstance is knowing that God is enough and trusting that he will provide. So how did Paul come to know this, right? One, he, how did Paul learn to trust in God? So we're going to look at the next big verse that the song talks about, and it's Jesus. T- Jesus is teaching, and this is, you know, where Paul is getting the idea of, I've got to be content because God's going to take care of me. I don't need all these, all these um, extra things because God's going to take care of me. I'm looking at Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to start first in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather the in- nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow; they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So Paul's secret that he's talking about is sitting right there in verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So Jesus is telling us, God takes care of the birds in the air. God God feeds them. The birds don't farm. The birds don't have money to go buy groceries, right? The birds don't reap the harvest that was sown. They don't put in the work to do that. But God feeds them. They're still fed. They still thrive. There's still birds flying around today, right? The lilies in the field. God God dresses them. He makes them beautiful. They are, if lilies are beautiful flowers and he provides the water so that they can grow, he designed what they look like. So we don't need to go out just worrying about buying everything 
that's new. We trust that God's going to provide everything for us. And then in verse 32, it says, For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. He knows what you need. We don't even have to tell him. Now we can. We can go to the Father and be like, Lord, you know, I I need this. But he knows. He knows what we need. And he's going to, he's going to provide for us. And if you feel like there's something that he hasn't given you that you've been asking for, then maybe you don't need it yet because he knows your every need. He knows that. And he's not going to let you go. He's not going to let you go without. He's not going to forget about you. He's not going to just leave you to fend for yourself because his eye is on the sparrow. He dresses the lilies. He, he watches over everything. He knows what you need. So we are consumed. We are bombarded with the idea of we need to buy, buy this, that, and the other. We need to fill our homes with all these expensive things. We need this to be happy. We need that to be happy. But Matthew 6, verse 19, if you go up a little bit, says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then if the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And I know we're not specifically talking about money, but we're talking about buying things. So yes, we're talking about money a little bit, but we're talking about really finding joy and contentment in God, the provider, and not in the stuff that is provided, if that makes sense. The things we buy, the brand new clothes, the sparkly jewelry, the cool car, that's not going to get us into heaven. That may make us feel cool for a little while, but it's not going to last. Those things wither away. I always think when I think about this verse, I always think about the ancient Egyptians who when they would mummify their pharaohs or mummify their people, they would in the tomb with them, they would bring all the their treasures, all this person's treasures and store it down in their in the tomb with them. All those things that are were worth quite a bit of money are just sitting there, rotting away, wasting away, worth like nothing down there. Where honestly, they could have they could have sold that stuff and fed themselves. They could have sold it and bought new land and like you know made made a good life. The other people, you know, the people that those people left behind, they could have sold it or kept it or, you know, but it's just sitting there. All those treasures that the people just toiled for, like 
they put their whole life into their looks and their treasures and their statues and all the only good it's doing now is wasting away. But if we put treasures, if we lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, if we keep our eyes on God, nothing, no one can steal that joy can steal what God provides. No one can steal those treasures that we lay up for ourselves in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're so focused on getting the new and getting the sparkly and just buying, 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 then your heart's not focused on God. Your heart's focused on the stuff. It says where your eye, if your eye is healthy, if our eyes are on God, we're going to be happy. We're going to be healthy. We're going to be whole because we get our, we get what we need from God and we trust in God. But if our eye is on the darkness, if our eye is on the ads, if our eye is on how much money we have, if our eyes are on how wealthy do we look right now because of what we're wearing, then that's only going to cause darkness and it's going to fade away. And that joy that you, or it's not true joy. If that momentary happiness that you might find from those things, it's going to fade away so fast. And so I encourage you to trust that God is enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is your provider in this world of consumerism. Turn away and trust that God is literally all you need. Even above food and water, guys. Like, truly, because he will provide that for you. Jesus went 40 days and 40 nights without food and water because he went into the into the garden. He went into the woods and fasted for 40 days. And what sustained him? His faith and his love for God. And so I hope this made sense to you guys. I hope that you got something out of it. I hope that it encourages you to fully, fully trust that God will provide every need that you have. That that verse, let me pull that up again because I just closed it out for me. Uh, Verse 32, Matthew chapter 6, verse 32. And your heavenly father knows that that you need them all. He knows what you need. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek that first. Your eyes need to be on God, not on stuff. And these things will be added to you. Now, I'm not saying that you can go and pray and, you know, ask God for a million dollars or you should go and pray and ask God for a Lamborghini. That's that's not what I mean, because that's I mean, that's not putting God first. That's that's trying to use God to get a million dollars. Okay, but he knows everything you need and he will provide that for you because he loves you. God loves you so, so much. And I just feel like someone needs to hear that. God loves you so much. And because he is your father, he will provide for you. (laughs) 
Thank you all so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and leave a review. You can also subscribe for new episodes every Monday. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to discuss, you can send me an email at haley.riseandshine at gmail.com. That's H-A-Y-L-E-E and the word and is spelled out. Or you can send me a voice message on your podcast app. Simply go to the show or episode page and click on the link that says send in a voice message. Now, go out there and shine your light. Thank you.